Hello and welcome to this month's podcast of letting it happen versus making it happen. Super excited today. We've got Hazel Finley with us and um, Hazel was the British Junior Champions six times and is considered one of the best female climbers in the world. She is a professional climber and was the first British woman to climb E9 and free climb El Capitan in Yosemite, as well as a number of first ascents that maybe she will tell us about in the upcoming podcast. And Hazel's also a coach that helps people with their mental training. So super excited to have Hazel on board. My name's Cameron Norsworthy, the founder of the Flow Center. And uh, just to say hello, Hazel, make sure you're there. Hi, Cameron. Hey. So what is this, um, or maybe let's just start by, can you give a brief introduction for those who may not have heard of you or know what you do? Um, can you give a brief introduction on uh, who you are and what is rock climbing and what's the kind of type of thing that you might be doing in the mountain? Um, yeah, so I started climbing when I was about seven years old. My dad introduced me to climbing and uh, I've been a professional rock climber for the last seven years almost now and uh, what that entails is well I'm super lucky I get to go climbing for my job um, brands sponsor me uh, Black Diamond's my main sponsor and they sponsor me to uh, to perform at a high level within my sport and kind of share share the stories um, that that, that crop up doing what I do um, and also kind of you know give them gear feedback and that kind of thing and um, I'm also a coach as well so I'm I'm really interested in kind of the psychological side of rock climbing rock climbing is a very um, it, it, it's a sport which requires a strong head <laughs> um, it, mm. it puts you in very uncomfortable positions even on the safest climbs, it's not very natural for us to be hanging off the edge of a rock face. So, yeah, even even when everything's going well and we feel and we're safe, uh, climbing's uncomfortable. So it does require a strong mind. And I've always been interested in that side of climbing, which in, it, which in, it ended up landing me in in being interested in coaching as well. Yeah, yeah. Even if you just go to a local uh, climbing gym you, you only need to be seven feet off the ground and hanging off by your fingertips and a shaky foothold to uh to realize how quickly the heart starts to beat and the head starts to go bananas um let alone what you're doing in the mountains um so all right well let's crack into this month's theme then of letting it happen versus making it happen what does that mean to you when you hear those words uh, yeah, so so I like this theme. Um, for me, letting it happen versus making it happen, it, it's a lot about um, kind of giving in to the subconscious mind um, and not overanalyzing, over-narrating, uh, and, and not kind of trying too hard, I guess, is the thing. Um, so there's lots of tasks that require us 
to let go of the conscious mind because they're too complicated. So, you know, running down a trail, dodging rocks, we can't consciously navigate between the rocks and, and think, you know, oh, my right foot needs to be just to the left of that rock and then my left foot's going to go here. You, you just have to let that happen and just do it without thought. And I think um, we often, when we're doing sport to a high level or anything really, we, sh- we should try to remember that, that we can't do everything consciously. We can't make things happen all the time. Sometimes we just have to let it happen and give in to, to, to whatever feels best in that moment. Mm. You know, I think rock climbing is such a great uh, analogy for all walks of life with this theme because you know when you're when you're struggling and even if it's seven foot off the ground and you're you're just sort of holding on and your body starts to starts to tire and fatigue and you and you feel yourself kind of suddenly tighten and you your mind or you know certainly mine does and I know for most people straight away goes to the kind of the fixed outcome of don't fall off or must must make it up or we become quite rigid in our thinking and, and it's you know, our mind becomes rigid, our muscles become rigid, we might overgrip. And our often our first reaction to that kind of stress or that challenging situation is a is a is a, a willful, let's make it happen. And um, you know, yes, that can help short-term compliance in certain situations, but generally that's adding stress, it's it's adding fear and and it's tightening the very muscles that we need to be relaxed so we can be innovative and we can be smooth and find that fluency in this case to keep climbing up that rock or or find a creative way to make a new move or in life you know that same if we use this as analogy you know we become so narrow minded that we we don't see other options or we don't see possible scenarios that could be in our favor and uh, and just that phrase, letting it happen versus making it happen, seems to, for me, certainly give a sense of comfort and freedom in relaxing during that pressure situation. You know, because it's quite easy to sort of say, yeah, okay, let's let it happen over making it happen when you're sitting in the comfort of your armchair. But when the pressure sort of mounts and we're in that pressure cooker, trying to be or move or think from a place of letting things happen rather than making it happen is is often quite counterintuitive for a lot of people or it feels counterproductive even though it works and how do you um do you feel the same um I mean, you're probably so well trained in climbing that less so but um and how do you when that pressure mounts and the body wants to make it happen how do you sidestep that and allow yourself to let things happen yeah it's interesting you say that the body wants to make it happen because how it feels when I climb is that it's the mind that wants to make it happen and it's the but I mean maybe we're going to get a bit too deep here but I guess it's that the conscious mind that kind of wants to force it to happen like hmm. it often wants to just like take I don't, oh, it's difficult to explain in terms of climbing, but um, it, it kind of just wants to like hang on as tight as possible and do the kind of 
most obvious fast move you know as as the clock is counting down and your muscles are getting more and more tired it, it wants to just kind of like slap towards something and it's it's the sort of the subconscious but if it feels like it's coming from my body that that knows intuitively that actually it needs to do something more subtle or you know it needs to my feet need to stay, stay where they are and my hip might need to just shift to the right and then I can reach the next hold instead of getting my feet really high and just slapping to something you know so for me it's it's sometimes it's about switching off that narration in my head that says do this do that uh, that says no you can't do that or you you, you won't reach or um it, it, essentially it's the it's the overthinking um that's that's involved with the making it happen for me and the letting it happen is about kind of switching off that narrative and or that narration and just going what with what in my body intuitively knows how to do um and that's a really learnt skill it it takes a long time to practice that and and uh but but it is it is worth thinking about i think you know when you get down from a climb it's worth thinking you know how much was i overthinking there how much could i have just actually given in a bit more and just let my body do what it knows how to do mm. yeah absolutely and for people new to this theme you know, might be thinking, well, you know, doesn't making it happen, don't we? Uh, isn't that the way to go? Um, you know, and I kind of think of this scenario as we grow up thinking everything happens to us, you know, oh, it's not my fault, it happened to me. And then we kind of reach a, a new level of consciousness and we start to make things happen and we become empowered and we become a bit more directed in our behavior and our actions and we, we start to make things happen and we get a certain amount of success from that and a lot of people will have a history or a number of previous examples where they've been able to achieve some results with this i this feeling and conceptual idea of making things happen and whether that's a determined grit or a willful focus or whatever that may be um and you know i guess what we're talking about here is moving to a, a higher level of consciousness where things flow through us and I love what you were talking about that intuitive action in terms of sidestepping that narrative that normally sets in of whatever that might be push harder um I must make it to the top or um whatever those words come out depending on the context we're in and sidestepping that narrative to get to that space where we're we're listening more to our as you said that intu intuitive action or intuitive response as opposed to the the thoughts that might be flashing through our our consciousness and how do you how do you go about that do you sort of have any sort of go-to tips and tricks or is it more of a kind of a conceptual okay i've been here before i feel it okay now it's time to surrender into this moment um, and let things happen or you kind of almost change your hearing and tune into a different channel or what sort of happens for you in those moments? Yeah. Um, just before I talk about that, I do want to say that it it is 
it is quite a complicated idea because you do still need to try really hard. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> you know, that you can try hard whilst also letting it happen. Um, and that and that's why people new to the idea may find this slightly contradictory, but it's it, it it's trying hard in, in the sense that you'll you'll use the minimum amount of force needed to stay on the rock. Um, so so trying too much would be using more than what you need. So not climbing efficiently. Um, but you know, in those moments of your hardest ever performance, of course you will be trying hard, but it's, it's also, you're also letting it happen as well. And you're, and you're not second guessing yourself and, uh, you're not overthinking it and you're not forcing it in a way that isn't efficient anymore. Um, but yeah, tips, tips to, um, or just on that before, before we go into the tips, just to add to that, I think, um, you know, a lot in, especially in the sporting athletic world, there's, uh, I feel that there's a, a kind of a focused directive preparation that's needed, you know, such as visualizing a line or, uh, getting the strategy right in our head or visualizing, the experience coming up being successful or being in flow etc um but then the shift comes i think when we actually go to do the action and we and like you said to be more efficient it, it helps to to soften and and let the body do what it's very well trained to do rather than over try and overthink um which often happens when we when we go to apply ourselves in a let's make this happen sort of scenario yeah and it's interesting climbing because you know when i see a lot of climbers climb and they reach a difficult part you know they kind of they go all tense and their their face screws up and it's like i'm gonna make it (laughs) um and you know do you see that a lot and then please go into those um sort of specific tips or scenarios that what what you do yeah you do see that a lot in climbing and and also actually I think one element worth talking about is this tendency for us to want to control things too much uh, for us to want to be in control and also for things to be perfect and I see that so much with climbers um, where they as soon as their body gets slightly thrown off balance instead of just letting their body correct itself naturally, you see people overly controlling the situation or even sometimes just letting go because they're like, oh, well, there's no point now because my body was thrown out. It's not perfect anymore. I'm doing it wrong. And they just let go. Hmm. And I think it's a real tendency um, for us to to want things to be in our control and want things to be perfect. And you find that um, a lot of climbers, so there's t- two types of styles of climbing, I guess, is red pointing and on sighting. Red pointing is when you kind of rehearse the route um, over many days, many tries, and then you finally do it. And then on sighting is just trying a route first try. 
And these kind of perfectionist people find it very hard to on-site a route. They're very good at rehearsing routes, getting the moves completely wired and then doing it. But they'll do it very slowly because they can they can only do it once everything's perfect. And it, these people find it really difficult to let go. Um, you know, they analyze everything to death and, and then they can execute. Um, but it's in those moments where we feel really uncomfortable, where our bodies feel slightly out of sync. And it's, it's what you do in that moment. Do you let your body just cor- try and correct itself? Or do you force through and, and, and like you said, you know, just grit your teeth and pull a horrible face and just power through? Or do you, do you have that bit of extra patience to just kind of let whatever needs to happen, happen? Um, so I move on to a few tips. Mm, yeah, go for it. Um, yeah, so I used to have this mantra, let the body climb, which uh, I think when I first started learning about this stuff and I realized that sometimes I could be like that myself, a little bit too controlling. Um, I'm not I'm not a perfectionist, but I, I am, like most people, I want things to be in control, but I'm also, I'm an overthinker. So I realized when I started to do this training that actually the thing that kind of got in my way and limited my performance frequently was this overthinking was this too much input from the conscious mind saying oh you know it's, it's not right what you're doing is wrong you, you you're wrong-handed you got this whole wrong you've messed up you know this kind of commentary in my head which was not helping me climb well at all um and for me to kind of actively learn how to let the body climb better and to let it happen and not and not force it I would say to myself let the body climb and it's just a, a little mantra it's, it's maybe not even to say it properly in your head just just to have the concept of it pop up and maybe do some kind of breathing exercise to return to the senses in the body instead of be be engaged too much with all of the the narrative that was going on in the kind of the conscious mind. Um, And that was sometimes enough for me to just click into a more intuitive way of climbing. And in some ways it, you know, it's quite um, related to fear of failure as well. I think this it's, it's the brain really resisting the potential potentiality of failing um, because it, it, it feels it feels riskier to just let something happen than to force it. Once you kind of give in and sort of take things out of your hands slightly, that feels riskier, but it, it seemingly contradictory. It is that you actually end up climbing better if you do that. It's one of those weird paradoxes, but um <clears throat> But yeah, I think, you know, working on fear of failure might help you let it happen more than make it happen. Um, sometimes that's that's really the underlying thing that's going on. Um, maybe saying a mantra such as let the body climb and also bringing your attention to your senses because if 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 the reason you're not letting your body climb is because you're too swept away with these 
um, conscious um, thoughts, bringing your attention to your sensory data in your body, whether it's the feel of the rock under your fingers or the feeling of your breath or whatever it, whatever is your preferred method. Um, connecting back to the senses helps um, distance yourself from those thoughts which are massively distracting. Mm. Yeah, it's so much good stuff in there. I, uh, you know, we have like a, a hashtag letting it flow or, um, and, you know, which is quite generic, but I think just saying those words, let it happen, let it flow, let the body climb, that let, you know, sort of tells the body to relax into it rather than fight it. And, um, yeah. you know, I think a lot of, you know, you brought up the fear of failure and I think, you know, that's super key here. And and I think it's, it's any fear, whether it's fear of competence or fear of a threat to our competence or a threat to our comfort, we start to, you know, how do we respond in those situations? And for most of us, you know, we certainly myself and many others that I know we've been taught from generational parenting and education and cultural messaging that that when the going gets tough we push harder and um, you know peak performance comes at the detriment of our internal experience and uh, no pain no gain you know all those kind of classic sort of messages you see on t-shirts that are pumped into us that um, you know often it's the natural way to deal with fear and subsequent stress is to kind of is to tighten and to to push through and uh and you know for some people this might be a completely new concept altogether um and you know for some people you, you might be doing it readily already um and, but regardless of whether it's kind of inbuilt or, or a new paradigm for us being able to insert a new script or insert a new functional pattern or insert a new way of thinking and behaving is really important than just going i'm not going to do this or i'm not going to make it happen i'm not going to force or i'm not going to fight it um we've got to fill it with something that leads us in the direction of where we want to go and and so those you know the two things that i really got from what you were saying was this let the body climb and allowing our experience to go towards our senses so within our consciousness where it's being consumed by our kind of sensory input you know what our senses are feeling and seeing and smelling and touching and then there's almost no room for those normal thought processes or the the, the 10 20 years of conditioning that may be holding us back so when you when you go to your senses what do you do you typically go to your your do you feel the rock on yourself or do you go to your chalk bag or do you sort of breathe and feel the air coming in your lungs or how do you invite those senses to take over the, the experience for you? Yeah, so for me, it kind of depends on on how much time I've got. <laughs> uh, so say I'm on a rest on a route and I can, I can hang there for a long time. I might uh, spend... I, I I will have more time, so I'll, I'll spend more time connecting to my senses, um, especially because on rests, that's often when you switch out of flow and 
and all of those distracting thoughts come in your head. Um, so I, I'll, I might, you know, focus on my breathing. It, it might even be useful for me to try and lower my heart rate or at least watch my heart rate lower um, as I get ready to move on again. Um, I might feel a rock underneath my fingers. And then one actually that I think is is really powerful is just to, is to, to just look at a small piece of rock like the size of a penny and just zoom in to that small piece of rock and just look at the different colors and the patterns on that small piece of rock. I think it, it's, it's, it's a slightly weird one because I guess if you're, you've ever done any mindfulness or meditation or anything like that, it's very rare that you use vision because it's so, it's so vast and bright and complicated. Um, but, but the, for some reason, it works really well for me to just look at one spot. I think because when we're a bit distracted and stressed, we tend to dot our eyes everywhere. Um, and you, our eyes don't know where to look. And so if you, and everything you see kind of conjures more thought. Whereas if you look at one spot intensely and you really absorb whatever information you receive from looking at that one spot, it really calms the mind and um, and and kind of uh, turns the volume up on that sensory data of vision. Um, and then if I don't have that much time, I might say I'm mid-move and I'm like all of a sudden discover I'm a bit distracted and I'm and I'm kind of forcing things and I, and I need to let things happen a little bit more. I might just for a split second zoom in on the piece of rock that's as big as a penny. And just not even for a second because there's no time for it. Or one thing I commonly do is I'll breathe out like, and it's, but it's, it's not the breath I'm necessarily connecting to, but the sound of the breath. So it, it, it's the it's the, that sound as it comes into my consciousness that kind of goes right. This is now it's time to focus. Now it's time to just let the body do what it needs to do, and yet also be you know a hundred percent focused to the task of in the on the task at hand right now. And. Um, it's interesting because I've seen other climbers who've had no mental training at all, but kind of successful climbers do something similar where before a hard sequence, they'll you know, do a, a breath out like that. And it's, it's just intuitively part of what they do. And then when you question them about it, they're like, I don't do that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> which I find quite amusing, but, um, um, but yeah, that, that, that seems to work well for me. Mm. And how does, um, so do you find it easy to take this approach in other areas of your life other than climbing or is it, do you feel like almost like a different person in how you do your other activities in life, whether that's editing footage or writing emails or dancing in a, you know, in a nightclub or whatever it is, do you, when, when you reach a kind of challenging situation, do you 
use these skills in other areas of your life and does that come naturally and um do you have any specific examples that have come up recently so so do you mean just the the concept of letting it happen or do you mean the the like the connecting to the senses uh the concept of letting it happen versus making it happen and maybe you've used the senses in these other scenarios i don't know um maybe not yeah um i i'm definitely better at all of this stuff when it comes to climbing <laughs> maybe because that's what i uh spend most of my time doing and it's what i care most about and it's also what i coach um but i de- i definitely there have been times where i've tried to apply it to other areas of my life so um with sort of some of the coaching stuff I've done you know setting up a new business um definitely it is worthwhile taking a step back going you know how much am I forcing this here how much can can I could I take a step back and and see where this runs um but to be honest I think when it comes to the most areas of my life I'm quite good at doing that anyway in fact I probably suffer from the other side of it which is discipline <laughs> um so yeah I, do, I don't feel like it's as much of a of an issue in in other areas of my life um I, I started a new sport a few years ago paragliding mm-hmm. and um there's definitely I, I I definitely notice myself forcing it happen, forcing it a lot in paragliding, you know, coming into land and I'm just, my brain is going mental. Like how high am I above the ground? How, you know, where's the wind coming from? Just, just trying to take in so many bits of information and just trying to work out exactly where I should be as I come into land. And then my boyfriend, who is much better at letting things happen he doesn't think about it at all. He just circles the landing field and then just lands. And um, it's it, it's quite an eye-opener, um, you know, <laughs> what observing that in myself and uh, really trying to let it happen. And, and like you said earlier, you know, it's one thing saying that now whilst I'm sat on the sofa, but it's another thing when I'm in the air and... I'm getting all these flashes of landing in a tree or landing in the lake and and um and telling myself to let it happen is is really difficult. Hmm. Yeah, and I you know I find whether it's a tax return or a um or a, a public speaking or you know things that ignite a little bit of fear and stress inside me I start to immediately you know the brain goes bing and then I and I kind of try to control and force something to hopefully feel better and perform better, you know, with good intentions. But it it doesn't <laughs> doesn't always, you know, end up that way. Um, you know, and I thought, you know, an important point that I wanted to raise, so there's no confusion here, um, is that you know when we talk about letting it happen, you know, and correct me. Um, if you have a, a different perspective of this hazel, but when we talk about letting it happen, there's it, it's not akin to just being laissez-faire and letting mm. anything happen and just you know often people use the term I'll oh, just go with the flow and 
you know, often there it's kind of meaning that you're allowing outside influences to take control of your life. And that's not necessarily what, you know, is meant here in terms of we're still very much holding volition and and in charge of our experience and the antithesis of just going with other people's flow where we're listening internally to our intuition as opposed to the the monkey mind or the the inner critic or the chatterbox or the that kind of force will that comes up when um you know when we we think it needs to would you um would you agree with that yeah i definitely agree with that and um i realized that what i said about my coaching um might have added confusion but i do think that um that when we're not letting it happen it it's likely because we care too much so i think in the areas of your life where you you maybe don't care enough the letting it happen is probably not going to be so much of a problem um does that make sense do you, do you agree with that mm, just say that again i think so, so I, I i think we have a problem letting it happen when we care too much about whatever it is that we're doing. So with me, with climbing, when I'm on a route, um, I care too much about staying on. I care too much about getting to the top. I care too much about performance. And that's why I'm not able to let it happen so easily. Uh, same with paragliding. I care too much about not hurting myself. Maybe not too much is, the, is maybe the wrong way to say it, but I, I care a lot about not hurting myself. Um, whereas if you take that danger away or you take um, that desire to perform well away, we, we, don't, we generally don't have a problem letting it happen. Um, but we might have a problem with not trying hard enough. We might just give up. Um, and so, you know, with something like a tax return, I never have a problem with, with letting it happen. Um, Although I guess you might do if you're really scared of making a mistake with your tax return. Um, but with my coaching business, for example, I don't, I don't necessarily suffer from the letting it happen because although I care about it, it I, I could probably care about it more. Um, and so for me, it's, it's, that isn't a problem for me when it comes to my coaching business, the letting it happen. What's, what's, what's the problem is, with the discipline does mm. that make sense yeah it does you know and you brought up some good parallels there and you know one is uh, like a business sense and i think you know typical you know where like for example in a more productive business setting you know someone might come up with the argument you know but let's say i need more sales you know i've got to make it happen to get more sales through the door or i run a coaching business and i gotta i gotta make it happen to get more clients and and i think this it's important to distinguish between you know being very proactive and doing sticking to the process and doing what needs to be done versus as you put it over caring or um over gripping um and sort of forcing that scenario to um to occur you know and and often this parallel happens a lot in relationships i think as well you know certainly for myself I'm just if i'm that. if i'm you know i'm not sure if over caring is the right word for me but but the the kind of when when you when we have 
and when we have our kind of self-interest goals at heart, whether that's protecting another person or wanting someone else to feel better, we get into that control mode and we we over, you know, our our egoic self starts to control the operation and um which causes that I'm gonna make this happen. And um and then for me that's when the problems start setting in and I, you know, I start um shooting my shooting myself in the foot by over providing and disempowering my partner or um or or vice versa i i start to control the event and miss opportunities and miss the connection and all the real meaning of the communication and get my brain gets stuck in the detail you i heard you sort of talk spark up when i said relationships do you have a similar well well, I was thinking more of actually about uh, dating. Okay. Um, you know, you were saying it's like it's like when we care too much, and it, it, it's one of those things where if you're single and you just let, and you just you can be proactive about finding someone without being desperate, if you know what I mean, without forcing it. So mm. you know, you can just go out to social events and just make an effort to meet more people. Um, and you know, like you know, ask for people's numbers of people who you like, but um, th- then there's the desperation where it's like every part of your life is is about finding a boyfriend or a girlfriend, and um, and every conversation you have has got that as the as the motive, and that's when you never find someone. You know, it's, it's, it's like, uh, the, the, the analogy of the buses, you know, they all come at once and, um, yeah, it's, it's just trying too hard. Never, never seems to pay off. Yeah. Well, I'm glad we were able to get some dating advice from, uh, our very yeah, own Hazel exactly. Finley. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Don't try too hard. Yeah. Um, we're going to start to come to the end of this, uh, podcast now, cause we're running out of time. Um, I mean, some really kind of interesting touch points from what happens in the body under stress and perfectionism and focusing on outcomes and trying too hard and surrendering rather than fighting and, um, using little mantras or our senses to kind of override what might be happening in our brain and allowing ourselves to sidestep our normal conditioning in order to find that intuitive action that is inherent within us, which, you know, when I look at other talkers talk, they often talk about authentic action or, you know, different names for it. But, um, you know, thank you very much for your time today, Hazel. I've really enjoyed the chat. It's got me thinking and, um, and certainly, um, I'm gonna. I've got a, a practice talk this afternoon for a TED talk, and I'm gonna certainly focus on letting, letting it happen, letting the words come out of my mouth rather than making it happen, and see what see what comes of it. Um, what's your uh, What's your biggest dream at the moment? What inspires you? Um. Yeah, well, I'm I'm going to Yosemite in November, and uh, for me, there's no there's no other place as inspiring as uh, climbing on El Capitan. So um, 
that's kind of where my dreams are right now. Um, but as, as you know, Cam, I'm, I'm not the best at setting uh, big goals. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I've, I've really enjoyed the chat. I thought it was super interesting and um, I'll, I'll do the same with um, whatever's coming up in my life. Yeah, okay. Any sort of last thoughts or uh, or one takeaway that you thought was interesting? Um, yeah, I, I really liked the kind of the distinction between letting it happen doesn't mean uh, not being not bothered, I suppose. Uh, I think I think that is a point of confusion in it, but it's a very interesting point. Um, and so I'm I'm going to think about that a little bit more, I think. Um, and uh, and yeah, just just making sure that 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 you know there's intention and that, and that there's care and discipline, but that doesn't mean forcing it as well. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Great point. Well, thank you very much. Very grateful to uh, to have your time. Um, so thanks for joining us. And um, and we're going to end the podcast here. And hopefully, you guys can um, start letting it happen versus making it happen in your next task. And and you can go away in the in the comfort of knowledge that your next date is going to be fantastic as well. Um, <laughs> Thanks a lot, Cam. <laughs> <laughs> um, bye for now, and uh, thanks again, Hazel. All the best. Thank you.